Brothers and sisters, it is, it is great to be together in the house of the Lord and to have this time to, to greet each other in, in the fellowship of Christ. I ask you once more to, to stand, if you are able, for the gospel lesson from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Again, you have heard it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are in the midst of a sermon series titled Humans Being, Living into Fullness, and we're working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, specifically the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and Jesus is speaking here about laws and about going beyond the laws. The law was there to give life, but if we follow the letter of the law, we miss the point. So Jesus invites us throughout this sermon to go deeper to the intent of those laws, to recognize the wholeness and holiness of our relationships, not only with God, but with one another. Uh, I have enjoyed very much the time I have spent in study preparing for this sermon series, and I hope you've learned a little bit along the way in the midst of it. I know I've learned a great deal. Uh, there is some space on the back of your bulletin. If you hear something this morning that, uh, that moves you or you think, oh, I want to hang on to that and, and look at that again later in the week, um, you've got some space that you can do that. And also a reminder that all of my sermon manuscripts are always available on our website. Um, not just mine, actually all of us who preach, our, our sermon manuscripts are available online. And also hard copies are available by the church office. So if you ever want one of those, or if you have trouble sleeping, feel free to grab one of those. That may turn out to be helpful to you, as well as uh, there's also uh, audio recording that you can use as podcast if that's helpful to you. Will you pray with me, please? Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be light to us today, O God. Open our vision to see you and you alone. In your holy name we pray. Amen. In 2012, a young man stood before a crowded room to eulogize his father. There were many things on his heart that day, memories of time spent with his dad, of fatherly advice of, of trips they had taken. But as he spoke to the people that day, he said, my father wasn't a famous person. He, in fact, he didn't really ever meet or know famous people. 
There are not a, a great many things that are remarkable about my dad's life, but this one is. My dad kept his promises. He was a man of his word. And then he recounted the many ways in which he and his brother knew from the way that their dad lived what kind of integrity he carried, that he kept his promises above all else to his two sons and taught them how they should live by the way he lived. And then he invited people to be keepers of promises in their own lives, and, and he passed out some index cards to everyone in the room, and on the index card was written this phrase, because I said I would. And he challenged the people that day to take that card, to when they made a promise to someone, to write that promise on the card and give it to the person they had promised. But beyond that, the person who had received the card was to give it back when they had kept their word. That would be a reminder of promises made and promises kept, and an encouragement to be people of our word. Now, he made a promise of his own that day. He pledged that he would send 10 of these cards free of charge to anyone anywhere in the world if they would but ask. And so began a nonprofit known as Because I Said I Would, founded by Lakewood's own Alex Sheen. Since that day, Because I Said I Would has sent over 11.3 million promise cards to over 150 countries around the world. They're headquartered, by the way, right in Rocky River. Alex has become a highly sought-after public speaker and workshop leader, donating an estimated $1 million in speaker fees back to the organization he founded and to other nonprofits. Now, why has Alex been so successful? In honoring his father's legacy, Alex touched on a glaring need in our society. He saw that people are generally not good at keeping promises to ourselves or to others, a failure that damages our society and hinders the development of character. But he also found that by utilizing simple principles like compassion, self-control, honesty, and accountability, he could keep his word and inspire others to do the same. In a world filled with broken promises, because I said I would, invites people to imagine more and to be more. Dictum meum pactum. That is the motto of the London Stock Exchange, but it might just as well be the motto that all of us could live by. It translates from the Latin as, my word is my bond. Do not swear at all, says Jesus, either by heaven or by earth or by Jerusalem. Now, just to be clear, Jesus was not talking about profanity, what we sometimes call swearing. I've shared this message a couple of times already today, and a few people were relieved to know that that isn't what Jesus was talking about. Now, profanity is, is taking something that is sacred and treating it as profane or worldly or ordinary, sort of like dragging God's name through the mud. And the Bible's fairly clear about this in other places, most, most notably in the Ten Commandments, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. But that's not what Jesus is addressing here. What he is concerned with is integrity, with keeping promises. 
Now, in keeping with the pattern of the rest of the teaching we've been looking at in this series, Jesus starts with a long-standing and well-known law. You have heard it said, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. Oaths. Oaths were sacred promises made before God that what was being said was true or that what was promised would be delivered. The commandment not to swear falsely was meant to honor God by doing what one promised before God to do. If you promised before God that what you were saying was true and it wasn't, then you risked judgment by Almighty God. That's the reason oaths of office often include the words, so help me God. But I say to you, do not swear at all. What Jesus was saying was simply, let your yes be yes and your no be no. In short, be honest. We should speak the truth and do what we say. Of course we should. But what's so bad about adding an oath to our promises? What's so bad? Well, think about this for a moment. If I say to you, I swear to God that's what really happened, what am I saying? What am I doing? I'm calling on God's authority to validate my word as though it's my place to invoke God's authority in anything I say. Or, think of it this way, when we were kids we used to say, cross my heart and hope to die. No. Now what am I saying if I do that? I'm, I'm saying that not only should you not trust me, I don't even believe myself when I say it. It's, it's like saying, this isn't like all those other lies that I tell all the time. This time I'm telling the truth. In the 1997 film Liar, Liar, Jim Carrey plays a fast-talking habitual liar named Fletcher Reed. Fletcher makes a career as an attorney through deceit, a character flaw that permeates every aspect of his life. He lies to the judge. He lies to the jury. He lies to his boss, his secretary, his co-workers, his would-be friends to his ex-wife and to his son, Max. And it's that relationship that gets him in some hot water. When he breaks his promise to Max, skipping his birthday party to engage in a tryst, Max is deeply hurt. Just before he blows out the candles on his cake, Max makes a silent wish. I wish my dad couldn't lie for just one day. And then as he blows out the cake, through the magic of Hollywood and some unseen force, poof, just like that, the wish comes true at precisely 8.15, and for the next 24 hours, Fletcher Reed cannot tell a lie. Now, Fletcher discovers this unexpected inability through a series of gaffes in the courtroom, in the office, when he gets pulled over for speeding. Unable to follow his regular pattern of pathological lies, he, he discovers that the truth can hurt, in his case, quite literally. But as the day unfolds, Fletcher begins to untangle from his web of falsehoods and finds honesty not only possible, but liberating. Along the way, he discovers that telling the truth is, is much more fulfilling than a life built on lies. And that deep down, when he has to be honest, he discovers something amazing. He really does want to be a good father and a better person. And he's shocked by that reality. By the conclusion, it turns out that Max has given his father a far greater gift for his birthday than anything Fletcher could have given his son. 
As Mark Twain once said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Friends, telling the truth shouldn't be an exception. It shouldn't be a punchline. Though only in Hollywood does honesty always lead to a happy ending. But honesty is a mark of integrity, and integrity is essential to character. And it is our character that is at the heart of Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Why do so many human beings find it so hard to tell the truth? Why are there so many broken promises all around us, from politics to families, from contracts to relationships? I think Jesus nailed it. We don't have integrity with one another because we don't have integrity with ourselves. When we play fast and loose with the truth in everyday interactions, it isn't much of a leap to break an oath or a promise. But the roots run deeper than that. It begins with being honest with ourselves about ourselves. Integrity begins with decentering. When we put ourselves at the center of everything that happens, we can too easily slip into a habit of self-justification, where getting what I want is more important than how I get it. The end does not always justify the means, especially if the end in mind is invalid to start with. Our goal as Christ followers should be the same as his goal, to live into the kingdom of God to live into kingdom relationships built on mutuality, not on winning and losing. It's not all about me. Let me say that again. It is not all about me. And I probably could say that 10 times a day and it wouldn't be enough. If I'm really honest, I'm not all that wonderful. Who do I think I am that the world should revolve around me? I, I'm not entitled to have things go my way because of what a great guy I am. The truth is that without God's grace, I'm not much of anything at all. And maybe that's really our biggest problem. Deep down, there's a part of us that knows we're not that big a deal. But we don't want to admit that. So we construct a, a false front that, that props up our ego, that shields us from facing our inadequacy. But friends, it's only in facing that inadequacy that we can be open to receiving God's gift of grace. As I just said, without God's grace, I'm not much of anything at all. But it's precisely because of the first part that the second part can be redeemed. Let me say it in a different order. I'm not much of anything at all, but by God's grace, I matter. Christ came to redeem sinners, only sinners. See, if I can be honest with myself about where I'm lacking, I can be free to receive God's grace, a grace that is both amazing and abundant. And if I can recognize that grace at work within myself, perhaps I can begin to recognize it in others as well. Maybe I can see that grace is a gift that's offered not just to me, but to you and you and you. And, and maybe that's part of my role is to live that grace and help you to discover that for yourself. We need to be truthful because the truth is so much better than our lies. Integrity is not innate. We don't come by it naturally. 
It's achieved through practice. Jesus said, whoever is faithful in a a little is faithful in much. Honesty begets honesty. So here's the thing. We shouldn't need an oath to convince others of our truthfulness. And it shouldn't take an oath to get us to tell the truth. As we've seen over and over again in public life, Oaths are not particularly effective at getting people to tell the truth anyway. But in the kingdom of God, yes means yes and no means no. Not sometimes, all the time. We say what we mean and we mean what we say. We keep our promises, not just because I said I would, but because we follow the way of Christ the Savior who leads us to life in God, a God who always keeps promises. Honesty starts with facing the truth about ourselves. Only then can we at last take hold of the grace that God offers us in Christ. Only then can redemption begin. Only then can we begin to grasp the truth And friends, the truth will set you free. May it be so. Amen.